Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This week we've got the head of post-production from Augusto. It's Mariano Shigadin. Welcome to the show, Mariano. Thanks man, thanks for having me. Mariano, do we want to just take a few minutes and describe what your role at Augusto as head of post-production is, what that means? Yeah, sure. At Augusto, we have a fully-fledged production department. So as part of that, we have a post team. Uh, right now, that's six uh, people. We have senior editors. We have a post-facilities manager, assistant editors, and then a sort of raft of freelancers and contractors that come in as well. Sort of what falls under post as well as the motion department although that's sort of something to itself as well. So it's managing that, managing workload, managing sort of the output of the work quality, I guess, to a, to a degree. Augusto's our client in a sense, really. So, yeah. you know, we are just trying to field uh, all of the post needs that the agency and all the different departments require and create workflows for them. And yeah, just try and make everything run smoothly and on time. Augusto, in my mind, is a real specialty as being based in a history of production and Mm -hmm. post, but also advertising and having a model where you're bringing those teams into the one place. Mm. So instead of having work outsourced to separate production and post facilities, it's very integral into the DNA of Augusto. Mm. Do you want to talk about the agency and those different areas as well? Mm-hmm. As part of the group, we have an entertainment department, we have the agency. So yeah, I guess in that sense, I mean, we look and act like a advertising agency would. Um, yeah. Short form work, uh, TBC and a lot of short form content, they have very you know, specific needs, but at the same time, we have long form television series and films and all of that happening at the same time. Yeah. It's sort of having, I guess, you know, your head being in both places at once. Like I said, we, we'd have to service those two needs. And so it's, I mean, that's a big part of the challenge is just trying to figure out uh, the two different workflows for those and the two different types yeah. of clients and the two different worlds that they live in. Augusto has a DNA of being, you know, it's it's in production. So we're an independent owner-operated company. The owners worked uh, in television, a lot of our people are ex-TV broadcast people. I guess organically, we kind of grew like that, so production first in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and that's remained, I think, you know, being the size we are now, there's still a big production DNA in, in everything we do. You know, that's changed by having more agency people coming into the building and that agency clients, and we sort of have a nice balance still and maintain that and really try and uh, you know actively maintain that. What I really like seeing is breadth of work that it is cinematic features and documentaries, mm-hmm. but that feeling comes through in the TV shows and the web series. Mm. And the web series actually been advertising pieces in themselves, but mm. with a really different aesthetic that is mm. more filmic and cinematic. Yeah, yeah. Try and bring those elements together, and if it's a six-second piece of content, still trying to have, you know, a bit yeah. of that cinematic feel. And for sure, I, th- I guess that just comes through naturally. Um, or organically, I guess. Um, yeah. Having having people with, with those backgrounds and tilts, yeah. And having everybody together, <laughs> having that osmosis of um, shared skill sets and just being next to each Completely. other. Completely, yeah. Just having people around and chatting and chatting in the kitchen and <laughs> just walking around and walking past people's desks. And, yeah, it's really cool. It's a really something unique that I've, yeah, never really seen before is that, 
just quizzing your workmates on their backgrounds and their skill yeah. sets and all of that stuff. And then once the projects kind of line up or, you know, there's people you don't really work with very often and then you sort of, you know, a project comes up and you build that team together and suddenly you're working with them, you're working with someone in the design department who's yeah. got a, you know, a talent for typography or, you know, some something that you didn't really know and then you kind of infuse that into, you know, another bit of work and that's where the magic is, I guess. Yeah, so Sean Madgework, he's in the motion team. Mm -hmm. He leads the motion department. Mm -hmm. He was a guest on the show that was way back at episode 11, <laughs> mm. so quite a while ago now. And I've known Sean for years, and I went freelance last year, and I got to come in a few times and work as a freelancer yeah. with Sean and yourself. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, really special time for me, seeing people coming together in a really fluid way. Yeah. from those different teams. Yeah. And yeah, that was really special to experience it where the traditional sort of post-workflow, mm. the separation is really felt and that was something yeah. quite different. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the project that we worked on together was really cool. I, I still think of that as a really great experience because that was one, I mean, I've sort of been getting into directing a bit more over the last few years. That was a big project for me in terms of directing capability. I cut it as well, but then when you came in, it was exactly that. It was like, hey, Blair, here's roughly what I'm thinking. You know, here's maybe a few references. I didn't really I didn't really want to flesh it out too much because it's exactly that. You have your own aesthetic. You have your own style and creativity that it's just kind of, here's the parameters and work within that. And then um, it was just, yeah, it was fantastic because every time, uh, you know, we'd check in or we'd have a look, it's like, hey, I thought about this or I've added this or... Here's something, you know, have you thought about this? And, and and it was just, I felt so, like, the level of everything just gets raised when you let people do their thing. and Yeah, yeah. totally. It's, <laughs> it's a skill set in itself to be able to do that, where you might have a really strong idea, but giving somebody a loose mm. box to work within, so mm -hmm. you're not sort of letting people just go wild with it, but not yep. really prescribing what it has to be as well. So yep. that something that is in my aesthetic comes out and you're like, well, that's interesting. Wouldn't have thought of that. For but sure. hey, let's tailor it in this way. Let's, you know, giving it that guidance, but allowing that to occur. Yeah, exactly. That communication of just trying to say, here's, here's ultimately kind of where I want the piece to end up. And then, yeah, work within that. <laughs> it was a really enjoyable project for me to work on too. I always say that sometimes you feel you've got it a little bit too easy when you're given really great content to work with. <laughs> so, so when it's shot mm. really well, looks beautiful, mm. has got so much energy, mm. your job is just so much easier. It's just like, mm. well, how many more layers mm. of polish can we just add to what's already good? It's not like you're trying to, yeah. you know, the old adage of, polishing a turd you're actually working with great material to start it, with it's so true i guess for me it's a, it's about putting all the putting all the good stuff into the jar and kind of shaking it up and if you've got all the good ingredients you know yeah. what comes out will be will be fantastic and i don't like being too prescriptive you've got your own experience your own skill that's why you're there in the chair you know so yeah. um and you just give people opportunity you know as an editor it's exactly that same thing i mean give me great footage and i'll hopefully try and add to that and yeah. you know and then the next person comes along a great sound designer or you know the effects person will add to that and everyone should be just elevating the piece in their own way but yeah exactly start with good material start with a good concept beautiful footage and and it should 
keep going in that trajectory. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm. It was interesting what you're just saying there, that idea of putting all these ingredients mm. in. And it's, it's having that idea of you know what the general ingredients are going to work together <laughs> and, and not over-piling yeah. the soup. When I was working with the team, I really felt that the voices that were in the conversation were all adding to it, but it mm. wasn't like there was unnecessary overload of workflow, yep. which is really necessary in today yes. where the turnaround times are so much faster, yeah, man. client expectations so much higher. Yep. Do you think that as a model of working on these different types of mediums, mm -hmm. such as film, television, documentary, mm -hmm. and also advertising, that idea of knowing who to bring into the mix mm -hmm. and at what time is right? Yeah, yeah. It's a constant challenge, one that we have no, by no means mastered. And workflow and building the right team is just, every project seems to be you're kind of starting from scratch you're using yeah. a bit of you use the templates sort of roughly from last time but yeah it's a constant thing i think having uh, more of a television uh, film i guess background in the team helps a little bit everyone was used to doing everything a little bit more lean a little bit you know more of a run and gun kind of style i was quite surprised when i first sort of got into more into the advertising world how much layers of process there was how many hands and eyes and all of that stuff I had to go through I felt maybe a little bit freer you know not having that background to kind of say it's a different I mean it's it's a bit more risky as well though because mm. there is a lot of trust in your people and in yeah. their skills so Allow sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but again it allows people to flourish more as well yeah yeah I think so yeah yeah it's uh, really awesome mm. You have a background as an editor originally. Mm -hmm. What was your background prior to Augusto? So yeah, TV, worked at some post facilities, but I was predominantly a freelance editor in television, reality TV, uh, live broadcast for production companies. And uh, so, I mean, I'd mostly be working sort of longish contracts on television shows, bouncing around Auckland mostly, bit of sport, that sort of stuff. And a real variety of, of work. I mean, that was all long form work. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of material when you're talking about yeah. reality TV. <laughs> yeah, 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 hours and hours. And um, but yeah, real real storytelling background, I guess. Trying yeah. to just craft all that down. Really fun as an editor uh, to be working on that stuff because you are you're taking a lot of material, but you're you're having fun with it and you're just yeah. trying to make it entertaining. And I think the only mandate was just make it entertaining and yeah. Short form content was seen as like five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. You know? <laughs> Times have changed. Yes. <laughs> now we're in a world of six seconds. Yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> what I really like about the work that's um, come out of Augusto across all the disciplines, whether it's feature, documentary, web, advertising, is that craft of storytelling. Mm. That the work actually engages and also educates, but also mm -hmm. is really emotive, especially mm. with um, thinking the web series of Jessica's Tree. Mm. My wife shared with me just as it released, mm. and we watched that together. Mm. And it was just a really powerful, powerful yeah. piece yeah. that is really necessary mm. to help others. Yep. That piece was about a really hard subject to talk about, mm. which is suicide. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're in the world of advertising, you can get a bit caught up in the energy and mm. it's about product and sales, but then having something that is so sensitive. Yeah. yeah. That's what I really love seeing the work that comes out of Augusto. Yeah. Not just the, the type of work, but yeah. the type of content. 
Well, I mean, we have people in the business who uh, really fight for that, you know, really believe in that that's something we should be doing and not just selling stuff. I mean, that was by no means an easy project to make because of the topic, but the story was so strong. You know, Jazz is just a powerhouse and just an incredible woman, and we were really just supporting her and facilitating her story, yeah. um, helping her bring that to life. As a concept of saying that's the stuff we need to, yeah. to be making and we have all the tools. You just got to really take time and, and carve out that time to say these are the projects that we believe in and we want to be making. We want to be doing more of that stuff and that's the stuff we're looking out for. So I really, I think Augusto is amazing like that to have amazing people in there who, who will be pushing for that stuff all the time and trying to find the balance obviously. We'll have a link to um, that and all the other bits that we're talking yeah. about today. And do take the time to view it. It's a great series. It's it's really an emotional series. I found it really empowering when my wife shared it with me. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't even know it was from Augusto at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I had teenagers. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that resonated being a New Zealander as well. Mm-hmm. Having content that was created mm-hmm. about um, Jessica mm-hmm. from her you know, best friend. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that could really connect with. But I think the story's global. Yep. So it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, I do advise, check it out, people. Absolutely. We'll have the link. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's real and it's honest. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lovely piece of work. Looking at other long-form work before we talk about some projects, um, feature film. Most people in advertising would never dream mm. of having the opportunity of working on a documentary, a long-form, mm. and not least a feature film. Mm. And the feature film was um, Chasing Great, mm-hmm. the Richard McCall story. Again, emotional and powerful. <laughs> it's like mm. just kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about the trailer. It's so powerful, yeah. oh, that trailer. Cool. Yeah, it's a great trailer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But an amazing opportunity for the team to work on a project like that as well. Yeah, I think there was um, same thing. So many people who hadn't really worked on film before, it just sort of happened <laughs> in a lot of ways throughout. I mean, we, we as a business have worked in sports and, and rugby for a long time, had those connections and those relationships, and it was only through that sort of long-term relationship with a lot of those people involved that it happened and that DNA of production and storytelling was was there and not in the advertising sense but in the long form sense and that was a lot of hours a lot of hard work to get it there and so exciting that we got to involve the team and the marketing material and promo work and so cool that you've got people you're briefing them in on a advertising piece of work and then design teams doing billboards or bus bags or something like that and then they're doing a film poster and yeah and just this amazing amazing mix of of work that they're doing in in a day is, is cool i think all of us who are in the creative process find ourselves in roles and jobs where you feel that what you work on is quite filtered mm-hmm. quite isolated i just think it's such an amazing model to have those opportunities to really um, look outside your lane of yep. what you normally do. Yeah, yeah, opportunity, and and I think like I said before, people will jump at that stuff and rise to that and give them a shot at something new or something interesting. And more often than not, um, people will surprise you and and do amazing work, and it's it's really cool to see. It's it's having that fresh view of a work and yep. bringing that back into the other disciplines as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll have a link to that film. Um, what you were saying just before about working on all the different aspects of the film, it was even down to the web build. 
all the different areas, the company's able to cover and deal with whatever comes up. Yeah, exactly. All of that material was done in-house, amazing designers, and uh, once again, it was just sort of left to them. <laughs> we need a poster. Hey, we need this. We need, you know, we need some marketing material, and, and it gets briefed in, and um, usually just thrown to the, you know, lead designer, and he's like, oh, what do you think? <laughs> and you kind of go, yeah, that's great. Having a team of talented people that have executed a lot of work and you have that trust and faith in it. I know that um worked with James so much when I was in the motion team working with Sean and just such an integral part. And he's mm. been across so many of Augusto's projects having mm. been the lead design mm. there, mm. you know, with Jessica's tree. Mm. What's James' full name? Uh, James Davidson. That's right. That's yep. right. Amazing, amazing designer. And I think he's exactly a perfect example of you give him something and let him go and, and then what he comes back with is, is incredible and he's just got such an eye and he works so hard and he's just, yeah, he's just such a key part of, of what we do and such a creative guy who just listens to the brief and, and comes back with incredible work always. <laughs> yeah, again, it's like when you're working, editing or creating a piece, having it shot well, directed well, lit well, Again, as a motion designer, working with a talented designer and yeah. having really beautiful artwork to work with, it's, yeah. it's just, your job's Good so start, much easier. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, sweet, all I have to do is add a bit of movement. <laughs> Lens fair, mate, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Covered. Uh, shout out, James and Sean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Amazing people. I think that's like ultimately being happy and being creative but being surrounded by talented good yeah. people it makes going to work and getting into the <laughs> project so much easier it makes your life easier yeah yeah leon and michelle taught me that the owners of augusto was just surround yourself by people better than you and, <laughs> and you'll look great that's, yeah that's it's really true so were there any projects that you wanted to talk about sometimes i like to throw out to a guest if there's something that's resonated with them and dig into why that was. The stuff that I've worked on personally. Yeah. Um, Adidas being one of our clients, I really yeah. I really enjoy working on their stuff. It, uh, I guess, resonates with me in terms of their aesthetic and their tone, pace. Being an editor, I just like pacey stuff, and, yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a drama cutter or anything like that. So all that, all that stuff really comes naturally for me in terms of a tone and a, and a style. Yeah. Amazing to have them as a client because I just kind of get to have fun and... Again, it comes back to what you're saying with um, for your own leadership roles and Augusto's mentality. Adidas is very similar with having guidelines that yeah. set a tone yeah. but allow so much freedom within it to be expressive. Yeah, absolutely. Them as a brand as a, as a whole just have really, really great work and same thing, you, you got such a great starting point. Adidas has a really strong relationship with the All Blacks as well in New Zealand. Yeah. So some, I've seen so much great material come out over the years from Augusto yeah. with them. Mm. You know, I'm a huge sports fan, so I get kind of two things there satisfied. I get to, you know, work with sports material, yeah. uh, which is kind of high energy, high pace, which which I really like. I get to be creative uh, with it and the client is so good that they want us to have fun and they want us to be creative. A big part of all their global work as well is just letting creative people, creators, as they say, do their thing and um, mixed media and yeah. just really raw, authentic footage. And that's a really hard space to live in where in the wrong hands, raw mm. can mean mm. really rough. Mm. But... And in, in that tone, in that sense, it actually takes um, really careful crafting. 
to keep it raw with the energy, but be mm. stylistic and mm. look beautiful still. Mm. Yeah, their guidelines are really strong. So uh, we have a lot of good guidance with that and the global work. We're just trying to elevate it. Everything we're yeah. doing is just trying to take another step uh, further. So that's, uh, yeah, finding really good DOPs who understand that, you know, how much movement's too much movement, how, you know, when it's too frenetic, how do you pair that back but still be interesting yeah. and busy? Um, and then you've got the messaging as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, put it all into the jar and hope it, hopefully it all comes out right. So uh, I worked on a couple of those projects mm. with you mm. and I had a lot of fun because it is that experimentation yep. that's where um, creativity sparks and suddenly you're in this flow state yeah. just because you're just playful and yep. enjoying the process. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the times it, uh, it isn't like that because you have constraints and you have mm. feedback and you have just, I guess, just things, not necessarily feedback, I think parameters that you really need to adhere to. You can either look at that as constraining your creativity or you can get more creative and try and, you know, work within that again and try and, uh, I guess, tell a really powerful story or guidelines or I guess those those client constraints shouldn't always be seen as uh, you know we just then have to it just has to be homogenized or make it too yeah. generic um, so how do you create within within that as well web content that I really loved the web series that I thought was done quite uniquely was the uh, Mitre 10 local legends uh, yeah I worked on the Mitre 10 advertising brand for years doing a lot of the <laughs> hard retail <laughs> lots of and I saw that and it just had such a beautiful quality yeah so for global listeners Mitre 10 is a trade store for yeah, I guess power like tools your, your home depot yeah your, yeah so it just showed people who are really creative and passionate and found their niche in life creating building using the tools but not speaking to the brands heavily. Mm. It was mm. really, again, a piece of storytelling that mm. was really cinematic. Mm. It really struck me. And then the branding, you'd want to tie it back to the brand, but it just connects and it felt mm. right. Yeah, that was a really interesting time because Mitre 10 were really brave and bold and, mm. and agreeing with some of the concepts that we were putting forward. You can really see in that in that content that it was uh, had a really television uh, you know, formatted style. I can't remember how long each episode was, but... Um, it was a good few minutes each. Yeah, yeah. definitely under 10, but yeah. probably more than five, I think. But yeah, they, you know, quite rightly were like, where's the product? <laughs> and how does that all <laughs> flow in? And um, But, you know, it was about inspiration and yeah. showing DIYers and showing Kiwis, you know, doing their thing. And there was, uh, we made a, a, a series of, uh, wasn't, just local legends, but there was uh, uh, another piece called What Makes Us and um, another kind of almost like a DIY challenge within the stores called The Lock-In. And it was a really cool series of content for us that was, we got to sort of be, I guess, a television production company again, you know, in certain, yeah. in certain ways. We were really conscious of getting the brand in there and making yeah. sure that it was uh, true to Mitre 10, yeah, for sure. I watched um, one piece and it was an artist and it was um, the Tony one. Mm. But then I watched um, the one with the guitar maker that was Dave. Yeah, That one really resonated. And I think having the variety of topics, I played guitar for so many years. That one really connected with me where it really engaged me. And I was like, 
that would be so cool to like take guitar making lessons and actually start making <laughs> guitars. And I started thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'm not going to get that from another piece of content trying to sell me tools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was that was I mean what we tried to claim. <laughs> you know, we tried to we tried to use that exact you know kind of examples like let's inspire people to. You know, let's in- inspire people to not necessarily run down to your Mitre 10 and buy your hedge trimmer, but, yeah. you know, get them inspired. Let's get creating. Let's, you know, let's make some stuff. And um, Yeah, well, having worked on so much of that brand for years, mm-hmm. and that was something that really connected with me on a personal level. Mm-hmm. To do that with storytelling, engaging people, that's, mm-hmm. that's no easy feat. Yeah, it was cool to see that's become more of a... Uh, I, I actually can't remember how long ago that was now. It feels like a while, but how that's become more common now in yeah. advertising using that those techniques of entertaining and inspiring rather than, you know, um, that's it's, I guess it's become, you know, as content, branding content's become more of a yeah. you know, buzzword or just more of a common thing that work is going down that direction. So I feel like we were kind of quite early in that, yeah. Yeah, I've always felt that um, the model that Augusto has is like really unique, but others have taken on aspects of it. Yeah. So maybe not the full production, yeah. but doing more and more. But yeah. like they have that vision so early on of like what a company could be, but like yeah. to be, that is the essence. That is what it yeah. is. It's funny because it's not, it wasn't really deliberate in a lot of ways. It kind yeah. of just happened. And uh, I mean, you're a business at the other day, so you're kind of still taking the lead of what your clients are coming in and who's paying you and what you can actually achieve. That also led it, but a lot of our early clients in the day were uh, really willing to try things. Adidas was a, a client from the get-go pretty much, and they were really willing to uh, you know, just make entertaining content that people were really willing to tune in and not push product too much. So, yeah, interesting. To do what you love and then <laughs> to actually have a business come out of it. Mm. I don't think that if you tried to articulate a, a future 10-year plan mm. of where they were going to be, that mm. Augusta was going to be in New Zealand, but also mm. New York office, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that you could have wrote that roadmap. No but way. just having that belief and love of what you're doing yeah. and following your heart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. As creative people, we also have that side of us where we're doing this to earn money, mm. to make a living. Mm. And it's really hard sometimes to have the faith in what mm. you might want to do more creatively versus mm. what's going to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be comfortable with doing stuff that pays the bills and finding, you know, finding your, your happiness within that. If you're lucky, you know, uh, find those projects dotted throughout the year or whatever that you can really dive into and really get some satisfaction from. Um, some creative nourishment from, <laughs> yeah. um, and then or do your own thing as well outside. But I find, you know, when you're really busy and you're tired, the last thing you want to do is mm. get home and start writing or cutting your own thing or whatever. So that's a real challenge. I think we all suffer that. It's just head down, working really hard. And, and if you're not getting your, yeah, your creative satisfaction from your job, where else do I get it from? And that can be a source of frustration. So, yeah. man, hats off to people who are doing both and doing their thing and creating and just doing it for fun and not, not making any money as well. That's great, as you know, as well. And so yeah. many talented people out there. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'm a firm believer and I just want to be enjoying the process yep. of creating. So I do feel really lucky that I get mm. to do that in my full-time job. Yeah. And when I was freelancing, that I actually got to play yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and yeah, I couldn't imagine having to like be doing something else that wasn't fulfilling in that way and yeah. to trying to squeeze that in on yeah. top of life. I sort of don't really mind what I'm working on in yeah. a lot of ways. Like I think it's incredible that people want to pay me to edit. <laughs> you know, it's, even that's just it's still kind of incredible. I'm just kind of happy to work on whatever and make people happy and I'm exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. I really just enjoy the process of moving pixels and images <laughs> around the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. How did I end up here again? It's simple pleasures <laughs> though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. So being head of post-production, there's many hats that you're going to have to wear. Mm. There's the creative side. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's an easier one to um, connect and talk with generally with yeah. wider people. Yeah. But there's a real technical nerdy side to our jobs too. Yeah. And it's really important because if that's not right, mm. the rest all falls apart. Mm, for sure. Dealing with a growing facility mm. must be a large part of your time and energy and thought going into yeah. making sure that that's really s- strong as well. Yeah, it's that's become more and more a important part of my job as time went on. When I first started, uh, there was me and, and an assistant, really. Yeah. Two assistants started to get more... Uh, editors on freelance and then get them on staff and start to grow the department the everything just grew with it clients needs and all of that so yeah more and more demands technically that's not really my strength so I've had to keep researching keep learning bring people in and engineers and all that sort of stuff to help support me yeah exactly now it's grown into a thing where that's like half the job and the management side of things, technical, and then whatever time is left to, to work creatively on projects. Yeah, It's just juggling that, trying to put things in place where you don't have to think about it too much. Yeah, But it's a constant. It is a constant. So I've definitely felt that. And really, it's um, the technology is like, let's deal with it so it's really solid, and yeah. then I don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would love, I would love to not have to think about it for a longer period <laughs> than a week or something, but... Yeah, it's it, it's cool. I mean, they're all just tools. Yeah, at the end of the day. we're just we're trying to continuity of business and uh, make sure everyone's got the right tools, the best tools to do what uh, what they need to do. So yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be a, a huge uh, pain in the ass as it can be, but it's fun at the end of the day as well because you're building, you know, you're building something, and it's really cool to see the growth of the department over the years and what we can handle, and then going out to other suppliers as well when things just get too big. Yeah, <laughs> for us. Enough. Yep. You would have gone from a era of it going from standard def to HD yeah. and then 4K filming coming in. And then what are the types of um, shoots you're dealing with? Raw footage at mm. really large sizes mm. and having to create a workflow for that content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shoots are just getting bigger and bigger. More media, more resolution, more everything. <laughs> We're now just in a, like 4K is just the standard. Yeah. It's cool. Like when I first came into Augusta, it was all 5D, 1080p, yep. you know, working on you know, some Final Cut machines and uh, some external drives, you know. And now, you know, big shared storage, we're all we're working on Avid Systems and Premiere as well. And you're all dealing with massive media. It's, it's sort of, now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually, wow, like it has been a massive change. Um, but yeah. that's technology for you. It's moving so quickly now. I was at NAB earlier this year. And just seeing some of the, the crazy stuff that's happening. It's actually quite positive in the sense that technology seems to now be 
um, heading to a direction that it will be nice and user-friendly and, you know, it yeah. feels like less moving parts. Yeah, it's something you've got to stay on top of. You've got to research yeah. a lot and talk to a lot of people and um, meet brainier, more nerdy people than you and <laughs> get all their knowledge. Yeah, definitely. have um, some really key nerdy friends who <laughs> thrive on it. And NAB, if people don't know, is the largest global um, show for broadcasters. That's where it started from, but now that just encapsulates so much in that show. Yeah, it's insane. I haven't been before, but I've definitely seen a lot of content from it. It must have been nuts. You can't even cover the whole show floor, really. You, you can't. It's quite overwhelming. That was my first one. Met people there who were like 10-year veterans of it, who have been going every year, and just they've been saying how massive it's gotten. And you got like full helicopters and it's trucks. In, it's <laughs> insane. It's it's sort of, you know, you. I saw one big hall and I thought, oh yeah, this is pretty big. And then you realise there's an, you know a whole another hall over there, and they're both yeah. two you know double storied. And just the post hall itself is enough to keep you busy. And then, yeah. you know, DOPs and and cinematographers have a whole bunch of toys to play with as well, but. Just seeing technology moving so quickly and a lot of innovative companies doing really amazing things. and You're just trying to not get overwhelmed and then say, what can I take from here to take home and apply to the workflows and work that our clients are asking and try and just stay a little bit ahead of how, what things can we bring to offer something different to our clients, help our work better. Because it's, it's very easy, I think, to get carried away and say, this is the new stuff and this has moved too far away yeah. from where you are currently. So I just tried to take... Uh, just keep in the back of my mind what the core of our businesses and what our clients are coming to us for and then uh, what can augment that and then what's sort of down the track in a couple of years' time. Or Was there anything that excited you? Yeah, it's not quite there yet, yeah. but I can definitely see this having some major impacts. I, I guess the cloud-based collaboration tools that seem yep. to be really hot. Yeah. Uh, everyone was selling that. That felt like something that's going to happen. It felt... I did a couple of seminars and that it was like, yeah, you can start using this stuff and integrating this stuff now. Don't rely on it, but yeah. start looking at it. VFX companies and those workflows are quite well suited for it. Where they've got like round the world, round the clock kind of Yeah, exactly. Projects. Yeah, everyone's working on the same shop, but from different countries yeah. and quite incredible. I mean, f for, a, for an editor, you're kind of like, oh man, we can spin up machines from... Yeah. You know, whatever spec you want. and Some of those larger companies have been doing it. I'm thinking of the likes of ILM and things like mm. that, where literally their compositors and their mm. editors are just working on console. Just on virtual. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, and it's yeah. all cloud-based. Yeah. Like, they've got the scale to implement, <laughs> have that implemented for a few years, but it's yeah. like, well, when will that become a reality for us? Totally, yeah. yeah you're not going to run out and build your whole studio that way, but yeah. um, it, it's worth thinking about because... Yeah. You can see the benefits that it can be, especially you're just trying to keep costs down and yep. uh, what's the way to easily spin up and, and take machines down when you're not using them and not you know get stuck with very expensive hardware that's obsolete. Tape Backup, uh, Backblaze is a company yep. that are doing lots of interesting things and so yeah, it's just I just feel you're just trying to pepper things into your yeah. what works for you and just yeah, very early on into yeah. um, cloud rendering. I was mm. like, that was definitely something mm. that I felt was just a no-brainer where 3D rendering just ties up your machine. Yep. So cloud-based rendering, you can do what you want and mm. you get it back in like mm. a 20th of the time. <laughs> okay. 
it's becoming more feasible to work remotely from yep. a machine, just screen sharing in. And yep. it's kind of crazy. It's like, oh, I'm at home, but I forgot to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just finish client, that off. Yeah, <laughs> client calls you at 10 at night and they need, you know, they need a graphic changed or something. Yeah, exactly. It, so. It's yeah. not necessarily healthy, but it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. Why I really um, wanted to have you on the show is that you have a heart in creating the work as an editor. You have a role which covers so many people and the disciplines as head of post-production. But what's quite unique, I think, is you've also been part of the leadership team on mm. a company through a massive growth period for mm. them. Was that an organic process as well for you that just happened kind of naturally as, as things went along? Yeah, in a lot of ways it was. Yeah, when I first joined, probably talking about opportunity before, about being given the chance to to grow something, the brief was pretty open to me when I first joined, was like, we need more post-capability. And that was kind of it. Uh, you're a good editor, but feel free to grow the team, you know, as you see fit, because the work's there and we want to grow as a business. And because the growth was so rapid, everyone had their hands full in, in sort of all sorts of ways. So. Yeah. It was again organic in the in the sense that as the need was there, I guess I was the person to just maybe try and go, yeah, maybe these are the systems we should use and this is the kind of work uh, we're doing, so maybe let's do it this way and these are some good people I'd like to bring in. Growing as a, a leader in post was pretty organic, but then that sort of just naturally, I guess, uh, was the same when it came to the business as well. It was a very small team when we started and just being part of those conversations really early on of who's coming in, who do we need to help grow the business. Um, it, it was also something I was really interested in because yeah. that's something I have a natural leaning towards as well as, as how business works. Yeah, just fascinated to to help be a part of that. And they were, uh, Leon and Michelle were really open to that and happy for me to sit at the table and be part of those really important discussions. Before they know it, as you know, the years go by, I'm still at that table. Yeah. I've just kind of been there for, for ages and then uh, learned lots of things, management skills. They've supported me in, in training and learning financial parts of the job. And it's been an incredible learning process that I feel so supported in. It's so great to just not be stuck in the edit suite you know, yeah. in, the, in the dark room and get out there and try and make a meaningful contribution to the business, uh, the growth of the business. That's so awesome to have had that opportunity joining a company at the right time mm. and being in your stage of your career mm. that you're obviously really ready to take on those responsibilities and growth as well. Mm. Mm. It was, yeah, such a special time because, you know, when I joined, I think there was, uh, you know, eight of us. And, you know, within a few years, you're, you know, the 40, 50 mark and all the ups and downs that come with that, you know, all of those experiences add to your skill set of navigating all of those ups and downs, being close to ownership, but then at the same time being close to the projects as well, which yeah. in a lot of ways is crucially part of the growth of business as well, because that's yeah. what you're selling. So. Yeah, I just think maybe as a whole, um, using that as a bit of a compass was just, uh, let's do good work. Um, how do we do that? What's the things we need to implement as a business to help us uh, yeah. offer better work to our clients? And that's always been the, the kind of North Star and being in at the, almost the ground floor has really helped. Awesome. And now it's time for the Pro Video Packs. This is the section where listeners get to be inspired by what you get inspired by. Mm -hmm. So 
first one is the pro video pick, which could be literally anything that you would like. What would be your pick? All right, so maybe not necessarily a pick, but uh, I guess as an editor, uh, maybe the only bit of advice that people might find valuable is to cut everything shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing ever suffered from being shorter, so (laughs) yeah, I like getting brutal with my work, and when I'm really in those tough decisions i just walk away come back and then cut it out make it shorter and it's always better for it (laughs) yeah so true so true in the moving picture industry it's like uh killing your babies yeah yeah exactly yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's it's pretty hard that's that thing of actually removing yourself from being so in it yeah like you're saying go for a walk it's just yeah Getting outside of being so so close to the material. Be a be a viewer. Be a yeah. consumer. Exactly. I used to just take my work home, take an export, chuck it on the TV, sit down, have a watch like you would consuming yeah. a thing. Oh, that was mostly TV. I'd cut a like a sequence or a part or something and just watch that and just kind of be a bit blank. Just kind of watch it. You know, if you're on a Friday night watching something, having a having a drink and then see if it holds, see if it entertains you, and then yeah. and then get, get back in the suite and and go, yeah, that was too long or yeah, yeah it wasn't um, doing it for me. That's a good point. <laughs> I should be having a few drinks and then looking at my work. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, following. So um, who who are you following online or real life? Or could um, be a teams, could be a person, could be an artist. Yeah, cool. I think uh, for me, I'm following this guy at the moment. I don't actually really know how to pronounce his name, but he – He's either a free runner himself or he follows free runners. He's a great Instagram follower. You'll probably link it, I guess. Yeah, definitely um, have a link to it. Yep. So he's UK based, but he's a director, editor, you know, DOP. Awesome. Um, he's just done really creative, cool pieces of work. I first saw him, uh, I think he had a Vimeo staff pick mm-hmm. a few years back, and I saw it was a really cool snowboarding piece. And then I started to check out the kind of stuff he does crazy rigs that he sets up and they're jumping over buildings and he's just got a really great um aesthetic claudi claudio i don't know how to pronounce it but we will definitely have a link (laughs) check out the link and check out the word love it it's really cool (laughs) wicked inspirational video is there a video that you would recommend as inspirational Maybe nothing in particular. I I sort of try and consume a lot of stuff and try and keep that pretty fresh. So I just really like, I think I probably talked to you about Man vs. Machine. I really, yeah. really dig their stuff um, uh, or anything from the mill. They, yeah. you know, anything, once again, sports, love sports. Uh, gives you yeah. such a cool vehicle to, to make cool stuff. Um, Man vs. Machine, though. Oh, man, they're just out of this world. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I've had a guest on from the mill. That was Jamie. Um, I went to high school with Jamie. Did you? He was like, yeah. Yeah. And we studied together um, at Wanganui School of Design. Oh, there you go. I'll have to go have a listen. Yeah, yeah. um, It was a good episode. Wow. Yes. What episode was that? I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) It was was early on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mill, just outstanding stuff for so long now. Yeah. I mean, talk about inspirational. You just, you know that stuff where you just watch it and you're just like, how the hell did they do that? Yeah. Or it's difficult to draw a line between what they do and then what you do. And you, you yeah. just think of, look at the, the scale and the budgets and the yeah. size and all of that. So you are just trying to take 
bits out of it and it is inspiration because it's kind of yeah. like they're very lucky to work at that level and yeah. to be doing that stuff um, obviously well deservedly but you're then just trying to yeah spot little techniques or ideas yeah. or concepts that that you can follow through and I think um, yeah on that smaller scale maybe just in terms of the style stuff of that man vs machine do that maybe necessarily isn't like big stadium pieces or things like that but then nike works really inventive and yeah. uh, fresh you know music and um the way the mixed media stuff they do and just the way they design their work it's it's art more than it is yeah. <laughs> you know anything it's it's like you could take any of those frames you could it's just artists just doing their thing and yeah yeah, it's really inspirational that they've managed to sell that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And yeah, inspiration is all what the section's about. It's been aware of what's happening and it's been influenced, not derivative, mm. or like not directly taking, yeah. but it's been inspired yep. for your own creative journey after that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have the links for both of those companies. If you haven't checked out these websites, you definitely need to. There's some <laughs> outstanding work on there, and mm. you will be inspired. So thank you so much for that one. Mm. Following you online, where would everybody be able to do that? Uh, I guess just my Instagram. I, I shy away from social media Fair a enough. lot. <laughs> I've never had a Facebook page. I've never. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, never. Um, people think it's very odd. Uh, <laughs> it's like not having a phone. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm a bit of a luddite sometimes. Surprisingly, being working in you know such a you know an area of technology, but um, I guess my Instagram page. Love, cool. love a bit of a scroll on the Insta. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll have a link for that. Yeah. And uh, finally, the last question is, um, who would you like to have on the show? Who would you recommend? Mm. Uh, I would love to hear from a DOP. I would okay, love to cool. hear from a cinematographer. I think that would cool, be really cool, cool from their point of view of, of video. And That works out well. I've got <laughs> one in the pipeline. Okay. Um, definitely do want to get more cinematographers on the show, more yeah. DOPs. More editors, mixing it up, more audio. So, yeah, 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 good point. So, Often forgotten yeah. about. But yeah. so important. So <laughs> critical. Yeah. Um, uh, cinematographers, I think, would be cool because it's an angle that you don't often see in video, but like we're yeah. saying, that's all the, the material you'll get to work with. Yeah. They're out on set in an interesting way. They're sort of disconnected from us uh, in the suites. or yeah. And yet they are crucial to the whole process and... Uh, maybe also hearing their point of view of how their material is getting used. It's like yeah. it's like oh my goodness, all my beautiful footages are nine by sixteen, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, output or uh, a one by one or, you know, uh, I guess yeah. I guess they've had to move with the times more than anyone, and it's all just been imposed on them. And yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. I think we've all struggled with is like <laughs> uh, these different formats. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's a struggle that must really hurt sometimes when they have a vision and then they see the final output. <laughs> no, good call. Um, I'll definitely look into getting some DOP cinematographers on. So look thank you for that. Cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been, been awesome. great. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, wicked. <laughs> and um, I had such a blast working with you and the team. Likewise. Yeah. Everybody... Join the Slack group. We'll have a link in there. It's at provideopodcast.com forward slash Slack. So jump on the Slack. Yeah, catch up and share and see what's happening in there. Till next week. Have a great one. Catch you next time. Bye. Awesome, man. Beautiful. 
How was that? It was really good. Oh, we cool. Covered shit loads, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good.